Amen. So our text today is this. Our text is just that verse. It says, let's read it together. Go. Gifts, gifts. So help each other. Spiritual gift is given to each of us so that so we can help each other. That so we can, if you like, this bit. What would you call this? Anyone? Thank you. Purpose. Yeah? So you call that purpose, reason for spiritual gift. In other words, if there's no need to help each other, maybe there's no need for spiritual gifts. Are we, are we together? Very important to always think purpose. What's the reason for this? Whenever we lose sight of purpose, abuse is inevitable, like they say. So people start using it for the wrong things, not for what it's designed for. Imagine if a person, you know, who doesn't know what a microwave does, I bet they'll probably use it as a stool to pick up something in the loft in their house because it's still a box that could give you some lift. But that's not what the microwave is designed for. Yeah? Maybe you can use it like that if the microwave is damaged. So <laughs> then, then the purpose is lost. Then it could now be used for other things. And that's so true in many things, even in the kingdom. That sometimes when we lose sight of purpose of what is given, then we find another purpose for it. But that purpose is not the original purpose for it. Yeah? So spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. Now, and I want to just establish clearly before we go in and uh, start asking us questions. I want to establish what I call put first things first. Put first things first. It's important that people, before a person starts talking about having spiritual gifts or wanting to operate in the spiritual gifts, they'd better know that the main gift is the Holy Spirit. The gift the Father promised us is not prophecy, tongues, and all those things. The gift the Father promised us is the Holy Spirit. Yeah? Are you with me? So the Holy Spirit is the gift the Father promised. It's the Holy, now, the Holy Spirit himself is the one that now gives, gives us these gifts. So whenever you hear the gift of the Holy Spirit, as in just the gift of the Holy Spirit, know that you're talking about the Holy Spirit. When you talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, now you're talking about all those manifestations that is designed for service. Yeah? Okay, I don't want to say. So first thing first, it's important we put this first. Desire to relate and fellowship with the Holy Spirit. That should be the first thing for people. Everyone who wants to operate in the gift of the Holy Spirit. So desire this one first. What did I say? Relate and do what? Fellowship. Relate will mean we all relate already because we are born again, aren't we? If you're a child of God, the Holy Spirit lives in you already. So you're in relationship again already. But not everyone who's in relationship is in fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Fellowship would be, you know, you could have a child and your child lives in Australia. You're in relationship. Fellowship will mean that you talk every now and then. They call you on the phone. Dad, I'm doing this. Mom, I'm doing that. How are you, Dad? They tweet you. They high five. You know, just do something. FaceTime you. Fellowship. So many Christians, some Christians, some, let me say that way, are in a relationship because they are born again, but never, ever speak to the Holy Spirit or hear the Holy Spirit. So they are not in fellowship. Now, if that person now starts desiring, number two, start desiring to operate and flow in the gift of the Holy Spirit, the purpose of the gift of the Holy Spirit will be defeated. You understand what I mean? 
<laughs> if that person starts desiring to operate and flow in the gift of the Holy Spirit, they might go into some other things or start using the gift of the Holy Spirit not for service. In other words, it's supposed to, you, you're supposed to use it to help me, isn't it? No, now, if you don't flow and, sorry, if you don't relate, you relate, but you don't fellowship with the Holy Spirit, you could start giving me, you know, words of wisdom, words of knowledge and things like that that doesn't necessarily help me because you're not in touch with the Holy Spirit. So the purpose of the, fruit, the gift of the Holy Spirit then is defeated. Okay, let's read this text. I'm just establishing this, okay? I, I hope we're together. Yeah. yeah. I wish there's a way people online could just give me a thumbs up to, to tell me that they're watching, <laughs> that they're understanding. Okay, I'm going to read this text. Let's read it together. It goes, um, so 1 Corinthians chapter, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse, from verse 7 to 11, we're going to read now. So, the spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. Then the next verse says, to one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice to another, the same Spirit. Take note of every time it says the same Spirit, okay? Gives a message of special knowledge. The same Spirit gives great faith to, to another and to someone else, the one spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power of, to perform miracles and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the spirit of God or from another spirit. Still, another person, he gives the ability to speak in unknown language, while another is given the ability to interpret that language, basically, what has been said. It is the one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. Amen. I like that. It's so clear. But the bit I want to stress is this, distribute. Who does that? Distribute. The Holy Spirit distributes the gift. He decides when and how and where. A thought comes to my mind. These gifts are for service. In other words, it's a tool. Think of it like a tool. Hammer. Yeah? Chisel. So prophecy could be chisel. How, um, speaking in tongues could be screwdriver. Yeah, just, just go with me in that. And then maybe tongues could be uh, kitchen spoon. What do you call cooking spoon? <laughs> he says pizza. Are you, <laughs> he's not hungry. <laughs> a mixer, yeah, a mixer, something like that. So, okay, let's go with that. Crazy idea I'm going on now. So let's say, um, so you're a chef, okay, and Kenne is a carpenter, so he's got hammer, he uses hammer more, you use it as a mixer, and uh, um, Simon is, um, oh, yeah? uh, Simon is a, a, clean, a, a, a genital cleans, a cleaner, so he has a broom, broom is his own, and, <laughs> and um, Elaine is a, a nurse. No, that's not fair. She's a nurse already. <laughs> we should give, give him some crazy one. <laughs> a, a pilot. What does she use? What, what's the tool for piloting? A plane. Okay, you have a plane. That's not fair. I'm a pilot. I have the plane. <laughs> okay, she's a, she's a pilot. Okay. These are tools, isn't it? But I don't know how that, that doesn't help my analogy. <laughs> are confusing me now. She's a nurse and she uses a, what do you call this? Stethoscope. Okay. Now, if these four people are in situation, in a situation, yeah? So, maybe Kenne is a carpenter, but now he's got a friend who has, needs a help to fix, for him to fix his, uh, to help him cook. 
is a hungry friend. What he's trying to say is that even though what God has given him is a hammer, when it is needed for him to use a cooking equipment, regardless of the fact that it was given to this person, the Holy Spirit distributes it to the one who needs it at that time. So even though he has a hammer which could be prophecy, but now he needs to, to healing, which is the spoon for cooking, the Holy Spirit just gives you that tool. You use it. Now, you understand what, what I'm going with now? What's, what, here's my main point. It is not more important to have the gift of the Holy Spirit. It is more important to use the gift of the Holy Spirit. Because if he doesn't distribute it, and I have gift of prophecy, but what is needed is healing. Of what use am I when someone is dying physically? It's more important that we focus on the flowing with the Holy Spirit. And that's why I was saying this, operate and flow. So in other words, the one that distributes it gives it to us when we need it. Okay? We don't focus on owning it. I'm being, you know, I, I own, I'm, a, I'm a prophet because I prophesy. It's not important. Okay? That's not important. What is important is that when I need to heal, I heal. When I need to do miracles, when he needs to do miracles, I'm there. So God can still use every one of us at different time to do what he needs to do. Does that, is that, are we together on this? Okay, fine. Now, I want to quickly establish Still, as an introduction, it is not always that the Spirit, when you see the gift of the Holy Spirit, it doesn't always mean, it doesn't always mean that it is from the Holy Spirit. That should wake you up a bit. The gift of the Holy Spirit does not equal to the Holy Spirit. Let me use a scripture. Thessalonians. It says, This man will come to do work of Satan with counterfeit power and signs and what? Miracles. He will use every kind of evil deception to fool those who in their way is who is on their way to you know to destruction because they they love what? They don't love and accept the truth. But look at that first one. Satan can still do miracles. But the word there is counterfeit. So they can still reproduce what God is reproducing. He can do it. Remember Moses took a staff. God told Moses, this is what you should do. And when Moses did that, those guys went and also produced a snake. But the difference is that the snake of Moses swallowed the snake of this other people. In other words, it's more powerful and it's more effective and it does what it needs to be done. So my main point here is, please, the gift of the Holy Spirit should not, the fact that you say, here, it's miracles, there's signs and wonders happening over there. That man is raising the dead. Does not always mean straight away is the Holy Spirit. Are we, are we together on that? So I'll, if, it will be wrong if I say that and then I don't tell you then how to know when is the Holy Spirit. It's in the, the text that we read, read the fast before. Let's read this together. So I want you to know that no one that's speaking by the Spirit of God, will curse Jesus, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. This is still in the same context of before he started telling us about the gift of the Holy Spirit. This is the verse 3. What does that mean? When the Holy Spirit, Jesus said something about the Holy Spirit. He said when he comes, he's not going to speak of himself. He's not going to speak of his gift. He's not going to speak of our prophecy. He's not going to speak about all those things. He's just going to keep talking about me and only the things that I've told him to talk about. 
no one can say Jesus is Lord. What does that mean? It's not just to wake up in the world and say, Jesus is Lord, without any meaning to it. Not that. It means no one can actually magnify Jesus in situations except the Holy Spirit leads that. When you're struggling in life and yet you still find something in you that still tells you, don't worry, it is well. It is well. God is glorified. Jesus is still my Lord. You're not doing that by your own strength. It is the Holy Spirit that does that. Good times, bad times, if you find yourself still magnifying God, that's a sign that the Spirit of God is working in you. Amen. When the other diverse gifts, those other gifts I've just mentioned in Thess- Thessalonians happen, it never brings attention to Jesus. It takes attention either to the person doing it or some other things. So that's how you know. What is the fruit, fruit of it? Is it glorifying Jesus? Is it lifting him up above everything? Is he bringing attention to himself and saying, you know, I, you know, I have this gift of whenever I lay hands on pregnant women, they always, you know, this is one thing, that's a gift. I know I have it. I wake up, I don't even need to do anything. I just do it. Pe- someone can even start well, but slowly deviate into the, something else. Why? Because the focus is not the Holy Spirit. The focus is the gift. Are we together? Okay. Introduction done. Whew. That was a long one. Okay, so anyone here, tell me what you know about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Maybe should, we, should I list them for us, first of all? The gift of the Holy Spirit. Okay. Uh, let's look at this. Feel free if you want to take pictures. So you have spiritual gifts. You have administration. You have knowledge. You have apostleship, leadership, discernment, mercy, gift of mercy, gift of discernment, gift of leadership, gift of apostleship, gift of knowledge, gift of um, administration, and it goes on, gift of evangelism, if you like to call it, call it that, or exhortation, pastoring, or if you like shepherding, um, faith, prophecy, giving, yeah, that is actually a gift. <laughs> they are part giving. Um, it says seven ministering. So am I too fast? On the, okay. Yeah. Um, wisdom, teaching. The ones with Axteris, I think, is, I, did it there because they've already been repeated somehow. Um, or it's just, you see, those ones are kind of evident in the life of a Christian straight away. But the other ones, Corinthians 12 and 28 as well, Ephesians chapter 4, where he says, and he that descended, ascended, and he gave gifts to men. Yeah? Very, very important to know this. So now that we know this, anyone tell me, with the microphone ready, um, can anyone just use the microphone and tell me the gift of the Holy Spirit they feel like there? I told you I'm going to ask you a question. You feel like you have a gift that you have or you've seen the ones that you've operated in, please feel free to share Quickly, maybe we we'll try to keep it under a minute because we still need. Are you yeah. just looking for like one word or just? A no, quick no, no. Maybe one word, whatever. Yeah. Uh, so I'll um, start with the gift of teaching. Okay. And um, you know, because that's something that the Lord has been developing in me for a number of years. Yeah. And He's opened up the opportunity for me to do that. Yeah. Um, especially through things like the King's Summit. Yeah, uh, and you know, I think with teaching comes learning as well. There's a gift of learning because <laughs> you have to learn what you're teaching, <laughs> and then yeah. uh, understand that other people are learning from your teaching. Okay. So he's really been working with me, on me in that respect. Amen. I like the fact that when God calls, if you feel God has given you the gift of teaching, that actually straight away puts you in a position of learning. You have to. You, you, um, and it's important we know those with the gift of teaching, according to the book of James, says you actually better not be quick to jump in the gift of teaching because you have more responsibility. God is just going to hold you more accountable than others. Anyway, anyone else? Yeah. 
I would say there's, there's three that sort of stand out for me, which is healing, evangelism, yeah. and prophes prophesy, prophecy, prophet. So you, yeah. So it would be evangelism and um, healing. healing. Yeah. And prophecy, yeah. And prophecy. Prophecy, prophecy. Yeah. Okay, that's good. Mm. But of course, even though Simon didn't say it, and that's why I say, um, if you look at it, most people wouldn't know. We'll probably discount the ones with Axteris. Simon didn't mention this because you have the gift of tongues, don't you? You may not have the gift of interpretation of tongues, but when you need it, the Holy Spirit will give it to you. Yeah, that's like a tool. So some of them you find that you have. It's already there. I will say for myself, I have the gift of tongues. Um, I haven't experienced the gift of interpretation of tongues. You know, I haven't heard someone in speaking in tongues, and I'm, I'm like, I know what that is. I know what that is. <laughs> I would love to. Um, so I want you to feel relaxed. We just, I want us to just say something. What do you think about this? Or, what, or even if you're the one, you don't know the one you're operating and you will, one you would like to. Because it says desire this. Okay? Uh, am I to? Yeah? Yeah. For me, um, Administration. Administration. Yeah. Um, yeah. Leadership. And leadership. Okay. Seven, a ministry. Okay. And seven, seven, where is it? Uh, goes on your right. Oh, seven, okay. a ministry. Yeah. Ministering. Okay. Yeah. And then maybe I can add Pastor Shepherd. And Pastor Shepherd. Okay. All right. Yeah. It's, in, you know, even I heard Sarah say, yeah, Sarah, I think you have the gift of service. <laughs> Sometimes you could notice the sign as well of gifts in people without them um, knowing that. Yeah, maybe it would be easier if I use the mic myself. So, uh, so I, I've kind of agreed with you ever since I've been a Christian that you get the gift you need when when you the situation comes up you need it. Yeah. But the Bible also tells us that um, when you come under the anointing of a prophet, you get a prophet's reward. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that just means just profits I mean any gifting so at the end of the day I think the, the scripture that governs the gift of the Holy Spirit will be the fact that the Holy Spirit distributes it so what I'm trying to teach here is let's not focus on do I have it focus on am I always ready to be used in this area because for me it, I see it as imagine you have three gift of the Holy Spirit you only have three tools but if I'm free and I want all of them, in other words, I'm more useful at any time, at any point, that mentality is more better than the mentality that's trying to own it. Do you, you understand what I mean? Because you might block yourself away. Sometimes when the person now says, I, am, I have the gift of pastoring, then they call them, they catch the, you know, the discount, the, the, what's the word? They don't think of themselves as someone that could be used for evangelism. Because already in your mind, Kenya yesterday in our meeting was talking about limitations. In your mind, you limit yourself what God can do. Whereas God can still use you to evangelize, but you already say, no, I'm, I'm, I'm a pastor. And it does happen. Most people who say, I'm, I'm a pastor, I have a heart for pastor. Don't evangelize. Because they've blocked themselves in. You get it? Or I'm a teacher. And then you, you forget that you can heal. And you could raise the dead. You could do signs and wonders, miracles. Have the mentality to say, I am available for all of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. From what you've said so far, what I, I didn't know before was that the Holy Spirit gives it to you when, when? the need comes. I thought when he gives it, this is yours. That's it. Mm -mm. I mean, you're, That's whatever the, happens, you're yeah. not going to do have this one. Because he say he distributes it. But it's when he needs it to, for you to use it to minister to someone. This is the, that's why, an this, and this is why uh, this is our text. This is why it is our text. Because of purpose. The purpose of the gift of the Holy Spirit is to help each other. So whenever there's a need to help someone, the Holy Spirit will activate the closest person who's in tune in relationship and fellowship with him to use. It doesn't matter who. But is the, the problem is, is that person willing and ready to be used? How do we stop the Holy Spirit? Our mind. He's a gentle spirit. He's not going to come in and fall. You must prophesy. You must prophesy. It's not like in those days where 
Saul didn't want to pro- <laughs> Saul didn't want to prophesy, and he found himself prophesying. The Holy Spirit took over me. I don't know what I'm doing. No, you must have been open to it. Do you understand what I mean? Before he comes in, he doesn't force us. Amen. Anyone else? Or should I start telling you guys what I, I see in? <laughs> You just answer first um, if you see a difference between gifts and anointings. What's the difference between gifts and anointing? The word anointing. Okay, someone wants to answer that. Maybe an answer. I think generally uh, there are gifts that we recognize, like uh, my Pastor King said initially, that we have, so to speak. And it's good to develop those gifts. But then when the Holy Spirit needs us, there are gifts that come upon us. And doesn't mean those gifts stay permanently. Mm. It's just for that particular point. Mm-hmm. But for me, I think if you want to use the, the word anointing uh, versus gift. So for me, I think a gift will be the one I recognize as something that I operate on all the time. So yeah. I'm, I'm working and developing mm. with the help of the Holy Spirit on those gifts. Mm. And the anointing will be that gift that comes on me now because mm. it's needed now. Mm-hmm. So the Holy Spirit gives it to me right now. That's a brilliant answer. And it doesn't mean it stays. Yeah. My for me, that's what I'll use Ooh. the word anointing for. My goodness. I love that. That's a brilliant answer. Because this is why I went back to this when you were saying that. This is about operate means you, you, you always do this. If I come before the God, I don't necessarily need too much work. I can just say, go in tongues. Start praying in tongues. I can operate in tongues because I have that gift. But it says, flow means I could want to now operate. And the Holy Spirit said, no, don't pray in tongues. They won't understand what you're saying. Just that fact that I am just listening now and obeying, that's actually anointing. The, ch- the danger... Uh, the challenge, <laughs> I'm getting passionate. <laughs> the challenge sometimes is that um, when we come to the things of God, we use words. And those words can be so spiritual, we actually don't know how it works. How What's anointing? If you come down and God, if, if God just puts in my heart, sing a song. And I start singing, holy, there is no one like you. All I'm doing is I've just obeyed what God is saying to me. Guess where anointing flows? It's in the obedience that I am flowing with the Holy Spirit. When God says to you, you're walking down the road and he says, why are you walking past that homeless guy? Go back. And you go back. And you do whatever it is he's telling you to do. That's anointing of the Holy Spirit. But it's just in a simple obedience one act after, one good deed after another. But that good deed is led by the Spirit of God. That's why this thing, two things I put. First thing first, relate fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Then you will find yourself constantly operating and flowing in the Holy Spirit. When you relate and don't fellowship, you may operate, but the flow might not happen. You could you could have charisma and preach up a storm and people shout and dance. And I would love people to shout and dance in services, by the way. But, <laughs> but that doesn't necessarily change their heart. You get my point? They just get, get excited. The pastor was powerful. Oh, my God. Have you seen Pastor King? He's awesome. Next week, nothing. And I promise you, God is not interested in building this church that way. And I'm also not interested in being part of the church. Okay, I'm that kind of, I'm too logical a person that sometimes I say to God, do we really need to go to church? Even though I know we need to go to church. But do I ask that question? Is so I can remind myself about purpose. What's the purpose of going to church? Or else you're just fulfilling rituals. You're just doing same old, same old, same old. No impact, no impact. We try to do this in everything. When we do King Summit, I always say, Simon, listen, it's not about, there's many conferences, business conferences there. But what are the impact? What, what's the impact? We, 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 that is your impact that makes it a difference. So, okay, there's, okay, let me say this that will help us move a little bit on. I'll take you back to where we were. Um, so please, 
Think about your gift. If you don't want to say anything, I know some of you have the gift of leadership. I know some of you have the gift of, as in I'm talking about have. Have. Almost like as if you were born with it. It's ingrained in you. Some of you, for me, you know one thing I know I have? Clearly, you can't deny, I can't deny it. This one. I love serving people. I actually love it. I can just, <laughs> it's crazy. I don't know how I got it. So it must have been given to me by God from childbirth. Okay? Anyway, I'll move on. Um, now, watch this. I have this question for us. So what does this mean? A spiritual gift is not a badge of what? Can someone tell me what that means? Maybe in your own words, what would describe what that would mean? Is a spiritual gift a badge of honor? Is some, yeah. It's not like something to be boasting about. It's not something to be, oh, yes, I've got a spiritual gift. I've, I've, like, I've been given authority because of this gift. Mm. We, can't, is it, is it, we can't brag about what we have. We should, is it because, as you mentioned, that the reason we have spiritual gifts is to help each other. So we should rather use the spiritual gift than brag about what we have. Yes. That was brilliant. It's like saying, have you seen my tools? Have you seen my shed? My man shed. I have hammer, everything. Any tool you can think of, I have it. I have it. And your neighbor comes and knocks. Can I borrow hammer? Go get go by your own. You've lost purpose. The tool is not being used for what... You just know what I mean... The case, I like what you answered. The purpose of the spiritual gift is not for you. It's to help each other. So once you're storing it as a badge of honor, you know, let me tell you, I'm going to share a bit of a story here. Um, I'll take you to this, and I say this. Apostleship. Gift of apostleship. I don't want to feel like I'm meddling into some pastors or ministers' space now. But the fact that God used you sometimes in the area of apostleship, in that area, does not mean you're an apostle. I don't have time. Another day, I have all these things down. I will explain every gift properly, okay? But today, we will not do that. Or the fact that God used you in the gift of prophecy, or it does not mean you're a prophet. Also, you get it. I was going to, I use the word tagging along, to go and learn when I was going to Russia with uh, Pastor Robert. And I was so grateful that he allowed me to come to see <laughs> what ministry is like abroad. And I wasn't invited. It wasn't the main person invited there. So I was, I was just going like a, just to go and have fun, see, <laughs> see ministry basically. Came to Moscow. It was really powerful. When we flew from Moscow now going to Novosibirsk, Landed at Novosibirsk. It's a difficult, difficult. Okay. <laughs> um, in my hotel room, so tired, woke up in the morning, tried to speak to God, and then God started telling me about the city. And then God started telling me what he's trying to do in this city and what has been happening in that city and this and that and then it's almost like just gave me a clear word about I've heard the prayers of these people. I've heard their prayer. I've heard their prayer. And of course, it was an awesome time between me and God. I'm not the one invited. Pastor Robert was not kind enough to just give me 10 minutes and just to share that. And when I shared it, the lady, the pastors in charge there came and said, oh my goodness, this is what we have been praying. The church is over here. I've been praying. What was that? That is an apostolic gift in operation. Okay? Apostolic gift in operation there. I could come back and say, wow. <laughs> My goodness. I'm, I'm. You might say, oh, it just happened to you once. No. I was going to Hungary on the plane. I was very awake. Immediately we went into the airspace of Hungary. God spoke to me. He said to me, this land is a fertile land. I have blessed this land. Very clear. Started talking to me about the land of Hungary. 
what he's doing. I wasn't praying and saying, God, tell me something, you know, I'm going there as an apostle. No, I wasn't. And when I landed there, I saw it with my hands. That's why you guys saw me so excited, eating paprika and everything. He says that land was fertile for food. That's what God told me in the air. I haven't been there. Okay, same. When we went to Nigeria, God started giving me a word for Nigeria. I said, write it down, for Nigeria, for Nigeria. I could just easily, after calculating all this, and say, maybe you, guys, this is exciting now. Um, no more Pastor King James. <laughs> Can we just upgrade it to Apostle King James? That is what it means by, it is not for a badge of honor. You get it? Don't ever try to use this and say, you know, I'm this. So come here, let me. No, it's the Holy Spirit distributes. If you do that, you actually will not be flowing in the Holy Spirit. And you can start saying or prophesying or teaching when you're not supposed to teach. It's still very important. I do this on a regular basis. And I'm saying this so you hear it. I'm not just coming here and saying, Pastor, Favor House Church, my responsibility is to teach, so I must teach. So it doesn't matter even if I have not heard anything from God, I'm just going to come here and ramble on. No. No, 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 no. Last Sunday, what did I tell you? Immediately we finished service, went into the car. It felt like God said to me, Don't, no preaching on Sunday, just interactive session. And Kenneth came into the car. I said, I said that to you. I didn't know what subject, but I've been mentioning gift of the Holy Spirit before, and then later he linked it to that. But left for me, I would have been teaching proper message on gift of the Holy Spirit. Why am I saying this? It's important to stay in flow with the Holy Spirit because he is the one building the church. The people are his. The church belongs to his, him. Or else you just teach whatever you want to teach. Prophesy whenever you want to prophesy. Remember, it's about helping people. Yeah? It's about helping people. And then this next one, what does this mean? Anyone else want to have a go? Spiritual gift is not... A sign of spiritual maturity. By God's grace, I, kept, I felt God gave me kind of a drop that next time I'm going to preach, I might be teaching on spiritual maturity. Okay? But I'm not going to go in-depth on that. So anyone want to say anything on that, please? As you've already said, a spiritual gift is given to us at an appointed time to be used to help other people at that appointed time. Mm. Within spiritual maturity, it is our personal relationship with the Holy Spirit, mm. with God, the Father. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good. Well done. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Spiritual maturity. Spiritual maturity. I would say that the gift in itself is not a sign of spiritual maturity, but how you use it would be. How? How you use it maybe or would be. Well, well, might be. Okay, that's good. So what could be a sign of spiritual maturity is how you use the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, you can come, take the mic if you want. Um, uh, what this means is that um, just because we've been given a spiritual gift, mic, just because we've been given a spiritual gift doesn't mean that um, we like uh, it sent is some um, a sign saying that we've matured and and is our spirit like we've been given. It's hard to explain. So you are doing well. You were going directly. Just, just because we've been given a spiritual gift doesn't mean that it shows us that we've um, been growing up in, in spirituality. Or is that the word? Yeah. yeah. In our spirit. I like, the, I like the simplicity of your answer. That's good. <laughs> Amen. What does that mean? Um, I don't have time to teach spiritual maturity. So we'll teach it next time. I promise you guys that, okay? If the Holy Spirit gives me freedom to do it. Maturity, spiritual maturity, let me give you maybe one thing that could just hint you. The gift of the Holy Spirit does not necessarily show a sign of spiritual maturity, but I tell you what shows a sign of spiritual maturity. The fruits of the Holy Spirit. You get it? You know, there's a difference between the gift of the Holy Spirit and the fruit of the Holy Spirit. What will be the fruit of the Holy Spirit? First, love, kindness, tenderness, goodness, all those things. Yeah? Patience, long-suffering, 
That is the what gives, shows a sign of spiritual maturity. I can still heal the sick, but slap a brother. Pah! How dare you do that to me? Anger. Does that mean God hates me now? No. It means I'm not yet matured in that area. I can still speak in tongues and still lose self-control and drink so badly that I can't even drive home. You get my point. So we could still have the gift of the Holy Spirit, operating the gift of the Holy Spirit, but yet still maturing. So I'm not saying this in any shape or form to condemn. I'm only just trying to teach us clearly it's not a sign of spiritual maturity. Are people sometimes trying to use it as a sign of spiritual maturity? Yes. But you know what it produces? Hypocrisy. It will produce hypocrisy because what they're now trying to use to show that I have arrived is my teaching grace. So I stand here teaching and I look like I've got it sorted. No, I'm struggling in many areas. You get my point? So I'm operating my gift of the Holy Spirit now. Does not mean I'm already matured in every area. You know what Are you guys with me? I hope that's very clear. Yeah? So it's not a sign of spiritual maturity. Don't ever try to use it for that reason. Okay, it, it's not the re- it, it, it makes others who haven't got the gift feel inferior. So they start looking for the gift of the Holy Spirit as if thinking that shows them maturity, where that's not what shows them maturity. What matures them is the fruit of the Holy Spirit. I would rather want to be with a person that flows in the fruit of the Holy Spirit than a person that flows in the gift of the Holy Spirit. Because that person will be nice to me. <laughs> They'll be kind to me. They'll help me when I need it. <laughs> just know what I mean. But a person that just flows in the gift of the Holy Spirit can just backbite you, gossip against you, and you'll be wondering, and they say they are Christians. They are. They are Christians. <laughs> just not matured. And I don't have time to go through so many scriptures where Paul says, let us live childish things and let us mature to you know, the main things that God has calling us. I'll teach on that next time, okay? So we're going to end today. Does anyone have a burning something to say before we come, as we come to an end? Before we read the last scripture for today? Any burning? Yeah? Yes, yes, yes. I'd like to know more about Dave's unconditional love. <laughs> That's a good one. Is it, is it okay, I'll tell love? you. What was it? I'll tell you. Compassionate. Compassionate. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, and it's in line with thank you for saying that Simon because that's in line with what I'm about to say now here is the ending of our text so I'm going to read the ending of our text and then we'll see why let's read this together so you should earnestly desire the most helpful gift but now let me show you the way of life that is best for all. That's the last verse of that chapter. What is the way of life that is best for all? Love. He now went into 1 Corinthians chapter 13, teaching about love. I, have, I believe I have a freedom to share this. And I hope I don't get emotional. <laughs> Here is a man, and this is a good example of what we're talking about, guys. Paul is not talking about the gift of the Holy Spirit. It's for help. It helps. It's for helping people. But how can you help people when you don't love them? Yes, you've got that tool. You've got the hammer to come and knock in their wood in their house. But you're coming grumbling. Every time they tell me to go and do this. Okay, here you go. You will, not do, you will not go over and beyond because you don't love the person. But if you come with that hammer, the tool, and you want to knock and say, oh, it's actually, the problem is not the nail. We actually need a chisel as well. To, you know, and after you've knocked it, they say, you know, the color doesn't match anymore. Can I come back and help you paint it? That's a love. 
Love is what carries all these gifts much better. When you love people, the Holy Spirit can then operate better and keep distributing all these gifts through you. Because the Holy Spirit that distributes is the spirit of love. So when you don't love people, how useful is your gift? I preached here some time ago on a message that was strong on the area of love, even though the title was not love. But Dave said all that he heard in that message was about love. It was the Holy Spirit talking to him. And he fired me some questions via text. And when I got the text, I said, my heart went for my brother. And I said, God, I said to him, I'm not going to, I can't reply this text. We've got to meet. Why? Because I saw, he said, I find it hard to love. I'm going to link this to something soon. I find it hard to love. But he has the gift of the Holy Spirit. He operates in them, but the love part he was struggling with, which is the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Now, let me say something quickly. I talked about last week lukewarmness, didn't I? Yeah? And I said God can deal, can live with a person who's hot and a person who's cold. He says, I, I prefer your cold or hot. Yeah? You know who is cold. A cold Christian is a Christian that knows they haven't got it. And they admit they haven't got it. God loves that. Jesus said it in John chapter 9. He says, you are blind and your guilt and sin is not because you're blind. It's because you're blind and you're acting as if you see. So the person who actually doesn't love that says, I love. I love. I love you so much. I love you so much. But they're hurting you. They're killing you. Is the lukewarm person. It's that indifference. You never hear. You can't trust them. You don't know. I, I don't know what they're doing. So when my brother says, I don't love. That's a person God can help. That's why I say that's a miracle. Because his heart was open to God. He didn't have to leave his business to come and meet with me. To talk about that. And we had a Bible on the field. And we went through it. We had questions. And we went through it. And guess what? Hearing the testimony that God is now ignited fire of love in him. Compassion. On Friday, he said he was praying for his grandchild. And God said to him, he prayed with so much compassion. And when he finished, God said to him, do you know who I want you to pray for like this? With so much compassion. He said, no. He said, everyone. The whole world. That is God. You if you were honest with him and say, God, I don't, know, I don't know what I'm doing. You will be the cold Christian, but he's fine with it. But don't ever say you know what you're doing when you're done. That's a lukewarm person. He can't use that. So that's the story. Linking that to what we said today, please earnestly desire the most helpful gift. But he didn't call love the gift. He says a way. So the gift only operates better in the way of life that is best for all. And that is love. This is why we're going to sing this song. When Amy was singing it today, I said, yes! I was praying, I prayed with all my heart. Holy, there is no one like you. There is none beside you. Open up my eyes in wonder and show me who you are and fill me like this beat with your heart and lead me in your love to those. Let's sing it again because I want us to pray this prayer. Holy, there is no one like you. There is none beside you. Open up my eyes in wonder and show me who you are and fill me with your heart and lead me in your love to those of 
help me, lead me in your love to those around me. This is what we're talking about. The gift of the Holy Spirit can operate only in the platform of love. And I will build my life upon your love. It is a firm foundation and I will trust in you alone and I will not be shaken Father we just want to pray right now we are praying now to you just if you don't mind guys just lifting up your holy hands and just to lift up your heart or your hands and just ask him right now to fill you with his love fill you with his heart he wants you to love him people like him he wants you to love people like Jesus not like you and that's why Paul says now we are in Christ the life I live is not my own again the life I live is Christ himself that lives in me so the love that we want to show people is the love of Christ not the love of me or you which is so limited but his love is unconditional they may hurt you they may disbetray you they may backbite on you they may gossip against you but the love of Christ is unconditional you will find when you relate with people on that way no matter how bad things are you will always say Father forgive them for they do not know what they, are do they have done or they are doing and we need this for our families we need this for our wives we need it for our children we need it for our colleagues. We need it for our friends. Father, I pray right now for your church. And I ask you, God, as our minds, our hearts are lifted up to you, we ask you, God, that you fill us afresh with that love of yours. We're not just desiring the gift of the Holy Spirit alone. We desire the love from which it flows. And that is the fruit of the Holy Spirit. I pray, God, that every one of us maybe those who actually don't know the gift you've given them that you begin to reveal that to them and I pray those who know already the gift you've given them to understand that that's not a badge of honor neither a sign of maturity but rather a tool to serve the body of Christ just the same way you've called us as agents this is the tool you've given us to do those work I pray God that you give us wisdom in this area in the name of Jesus I pray, God, that your people, as they go back to their work, the vocations this week, they will flow in the gift of the Holy Spirit. You, Holy Spirit, distribute it to whoever you want in the name of Jesus. And we rejoice in you right now. Amen.